0: Dear listeners, welcome to DD Hub Voices, the podcast of the Geneva Hub for Global Digital Health. This is a podcast about global digital health and related concepts, methods and tools, as well as the sharing of implementation experience and integration of digital health solutions and health systems around the world. My name is Carolyn Perrin and today we are going to dive into how hackathons can be used as a mechanism to address global health issues. I have two guests with me today, Dr. Thomas Mayat and Fabio Balli. Dr. Mayat is a member of the faculty of Geneva School of Economics and Management and he is together with colleagues in charge of the Geneva-Ginghua initiative for the practical implementation of the sustainable development goals at the University of Geneva and Open Geneva and he is also the president of Open Geneva. Fabio Bali is a researcher at the Concordia University. He's a chairperson at Breathing Games, an initiative of open source games for health, and he's also lead of uh, Open Village at the Geneva Health Forum. I'm very happy to have both of you here today, and um, I would like to start with asking some questions to Thomas. So, we heard about Open Geneva, Thomas. What is Open Geneva, and uh, why was it initiated?
1: So Open Geneva is an association uh, which is incorporated in Geneva and which goal is to promote open innovation in Geneva and the greater Geneva area and even globally to some extent. Uh, The goal is really to change the culture of innovation to make it in a way that uh, people collaborate heavily and rely on communities to to produce innovation. so Thank you. In the way it was uh, initiated this uh, initiated is um, actually it started in 2015 as a, a collaboration between the university of um, applied science and the university of geneva and the goal was to help students to actually uh, work with the with the industry um, to address some issues related to quality of life in geneva and it was a format of a hackathon means uh, Uh, people working together for a certain amount of time to uh, overcome practical problems.
0: Could you explain a bit more in detail what hackathons are or what their format is?
1: Yes, it's a special format that was born in the Silicon Valley. The goal is actually uh, to spend time doing things that we are not used to do uh, during special moments and which are really oriented towards practical goals so the idea is actually you have some problems that you think are really important for you that you want to that you want to address you don't want to do that alone you're going to do that with uh, with other people and uh, the hackathon is this perfect moment where people address collectively some practical challenges and they cook up practical solutions for this uh, for this uh, for for these problems and the amount of time is usually 24 hours to to forty eight hours.
0: So what are for example um, p- outcomes of a hackathon?
1: So it can be um, it can be a, very often we w- what what is the outcome of a hackathon will be more prototype or, or an advanced proof of concept. Uh, it can be, it can be an, an app, it can be uh, a, a piece of data science if it's more science oriented. Uh, yeah, it can be, uh, I don't know, it could be a, a prototype of, a, of a, blockchain, a blockchain system, for instance. Um, or it can be also the prototype of a social impact business, for instance.
0: Okay, thank you. And what makes Hackathons different from normal um, workshops?
1: I think the main difference is that um, First, it's a goal. The hackathon is really goal and practical implementation oriented. So the goal is really to have people uh, be in a mood of delivering something at the end of the of the, the period. A workshop is not necessarily oriented uh, this way. And the other, uh, I think, um, the other. Characteristic, I would say, of a hackathon is that people usually have a lot of freedom, so it's not really so much guided as a workshop. So people, they gather in a group, they get to to address a challenge, and then uh, 24 hours later they actually deliver the the best they could do together during this uh, lapse of time.
0: Okay. And hackathons, are they always in person or did you also have some experience with virtual or hybrid formats?
1: So, uh, traditionally hackathons have been taking place mostly uh, on site, in person, uh, but, I mean, uh, there yes, but with COVID, actually, the, the, there, was a, there was a sharp change uh, of hackathons going uh, online, and um, we also know of uh, hybrid formats, so, for instance, there's a hackathon called Brain Hack Global, uh, which is actually a hub and spot uh, Approach where actually you get uh, um, some uh, hackathons that are taking place in some locations, but they're actually connected. They are taking place at the same moment, and they are connected online. And we also have some. Sometimes we see the possibility of having some formats where one hackathon is taking place at one location, but actually some groups are going to join uh, remotely to the hackathons. Um, um, yeah, and that that makes a hybrid hackathon. So all formats are possible.
0: And in your experience, did uh, virtual or hybrid formats come to the same results? Or um, was it more challenging to uh, to have kind of the same spirit? What is special about the Hakkato when, when you are attending it in person? Were you able to uh, translate this to, uh, to a virtual or hybrid format?
1: So this is something we are monitoring very closely at Open Geneva. Um, uh, until a few days ago, I would have said that uh, that would make no difference to go to be online or to be in a physical space. But actually, we, we see there, there are some confounding factors with the pandemic, which is uh, that actually before it was mainly on, on, in person, and then it went all virtual and it went very well because, um, well, everyone was um, under lockdown and they could not move and so on, they could not travel. And now, and so our assumption is that both things would work as well. But uh, we heard not one of the hackathons we have organized, but another one. We heard that they, they wanted to organize online while actually people had the possibility to travel um, to travel and to come in a physical space. And um, what we heard is that actually it actually didn't work as, as well. So we have the impression that so far we saw it would work as well online or in the physical space. But maybe this, the reason why it works so well in both ways was actually that there was this constraint of uh, um, this, this, this environmental constraint, which was uh, people being under lockdown. So we still have to investigate what is the, what, what, what is the, the, what are the differences in terms of, uh, in terms of outputs and productivity.
0: Thank you, that was a very uh, interesting insight and uh, uh, for me also a bit surprising as we had discussed about this before and you mentioned before that uh, you you didn't see a different, but it's interesting to see how it changes now that uh, the world is going back to a bit uh, more normal um, events and, and in-person events. So yeah, uh, interesting to see how, how it will develop in, in the future. Um, Now that we learned a bit about uh, what hackathons are, um, I would like to ask some questions to Fabio, who actually um, has experience in um, setting up an initiative that was born in a hackathon. Um, So Fabio, it would be great if you could give a brief uh, overview onto what is breathing Games and explain a bit more in detail how it was initiated.
2: Um, Yes, so uh, Breathing Games is a health commons. Um, It's a community of uh, mostly volunteers um, who uh, come together, um, especially during uh, short events that uh, last two to three days. And um, our aim is to uh, collectively create with people with uh, different skills, so people affected in their respiratory health, with um, medical professionals, Uh, with people knowledgeable about holistic health, artists, developers, designers. Um, And together, we we co-create digital games and also devices uh, to foster respiratory health and and mutual care. And one uh, specific element to that is that we try to document our methodology and also to release the the source code and the designs of of the, the products we create so that other people can uh, uh, study, improve, translate, uh, and and adapt them for for their own uh, um, activities.
0: Thank you. And um, from your experience, because uh, if I'm correct, I think you attended quite a fair amount of of hackathons. Um, What were determinants of success and failure?
2: um yes so when when we started the initiative with with two colleagues uh in in montreal um we attended uh, hackathons and we we had uh, our team working on breathing games while others were were developing other projects uh, and then we we started to host our own events uh, which we called game jams to really um, create different prototypes uh, uh starting with um games for for uh uh, respiratory therapy for uh, younger people with uh, with cystic fibrosis then we went to uh, asthma knowledge and nowhere more into into trying to um, um, value the collaboration between between people affected uh, sharing their experience supporting each other um, and I think one key element for success was really to say we, we don't want to, to, to foster competition. We don't want to, to do or to organize events where there is a, a prize that is awarding one person or one group. We really want to foster um, a collective I- identity and try to have every participant contribute to one common project so that we don't uh, lose, um, like some of the participants saying, OK, some, some of you won a prize, but some others we, we, we we don't support you anymore. Um, and I'd also say what's a bit different uh, between our initiative and others, is that we try over uh, time to to build on what we did before. So um, usually in Hackathon, you have um, a, a given time to to work on a, on a prototype that you have to present at the end of, of three days, for example. Um, and we thought that it's not very effective because it puts a lot of pressure on on the participants and it requires them to really um, present something rather than than working uh, a bit more deeply on, okay, what's already existing, what can we reuse, uh, can we maybe develop collaborations with with people on the field or with other uh, teams? Uh, And so we we said, okay, if you join our game jam, you you must know that it's not to, to, to create a startup, uh, it's really to, to try to, to help the people affected to, to learn about asthma, for example. And, and what you will do will be released under open-source licenses. It will be documented. Uh, we can also record so that people know a bit how it's functioning. Um, and, and over time, we can then um, uh, build on the work that was done precedently so that uh, we have more more, more impact. And uh, Yeah, I, I'd say that's for me the, the, the biggest key of success. Um, one challenge um, was, what could I say, if I, if I look back a bit... Yeah, I, I feel sometimes um, it's, it's a bit hard, or at least in the beginning it was really uh, difficult to mobilize, for example, uh, children with, who have cystic fibrosis or their parents, because the, the treatment they have to do lasts usually one hour a day. And uh, of course, they have uh, a lot of knowledge coming from, from physicians and, and other people that support them. Uh, and it was really difficult to say, OK, come again and, and take more time for, for this. Um, what was uh, more successful in the last events we, we, we hosted was to say, OK, come, come to, to a two day event where you will co-create something new. Uh, OK, it's related to your, your health but it doesn't need to be about what the physicians want. And it's not about improving your treatment in itself, but it's more to, to share in a different way, to, to speak differently with, with, with uh, caregivers. And uh, it was really, uh, I think, a success for everyone uh, because the, the, the people affected with CF usually don't meet each, each other. So here they had the space to, to meet, to discuss, to share also their, their concerns. And um, the psychologists and the public health specialists and physicians uh, participating said, "Okay, but here we learn from these uh, young people uh, new things that we didn't even know about them, uh, I- even if we if we if we have met them regularly for for one or, or for for more for more 10, 10 or fifteen years." Um, so I, I think that that was a key in regard to to health to say, um, "Let's not try to." To just make make uh, a, a traditional treatment more fun, but let's be open to hear what each person in the team can 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 bring and can uh, contribute to the to the world. Sorry, it's a bit long.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Fabio. I think you actually already answered my last question, which was uh, about what what happens after a hackathon, because. Uh, you have this collective intelligence coming together people working on a solution but um, and then there's the the final presentation at the hackathon and and my question was what happens after the hackathon i think you already um explained uh, in your case um what happens after is there anything you would like to add or
2: um yeah, m- maybe um, a link with with uh, the newest activities so um in in the in the first events we 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 organized, uh, it was more about like disease management. Then we, it was more about about knowledge transfer. Uh, then it was more about uh, mutual support. And now we started to do more like uh, advocacy activities, especially uh, in collaboration with uh, Open Geneva, uh, which Thomas leads, uh, as well as the Geneva Health Forum and. Um, from last year, we started to host uh, an event that we called the GHF Open Village to really try to raise awareness about these new approaches, this new collaborative way of, of co-creating health, not focusing on disease management, but rather on, OK, let's come together and let's co-create uh, something that is meaningful, meaningful to everyone. And, and I think that can, that can really change the, uh, the, the challenge of, of adherence in therapy, which is very still low and access to health, which also is still very low, to, to really empower people and, and invite them to, to really co-create the, the health that can benefit everyone. So, yeah, <laughs> that's it.
0: Thank you. It was really interesting to learn about, uh, first from Thomas, about hackathons and mechanisms that are in place in Geneva and globally, as well as then getting insights from the perspective of innovators and finally i would like to ask both of you um, to share if you have some key messages with the listeners um, who are interested in organizing or participating a hackathon based on your experience what would be your key messages um, maybe thomas you can start
1: yes thank you caroline uh, i think the key message i want to pass is that um, a hackathon theory is, really, is really about setting um, Especially for those people who want to organize the, uh, one hackathon, it's really about setting an environment where actually people are going to have a lot of fun, that it will be playful, where they can really, you know, gather a lot of their intrinsic motivation. So I it resonates with what Fabio said that uh, you know no prize, no jury, or, or or little of that is much is much better to actually foster intrinsic motivation. And with uh, fellow researchers and colleagues, we actually came to the realization is that, that actually, if we want to achieve greater good and especially the great challenges that are related, for instance, to the sustainable development goals, there's no other way than using the, the capital that is at hand in intrinsic motivation. So people just willing to do things for uh, some reasons that go beyond getting a salary or a direct uh, extrinsic reward. And this is very important when people design a hackathon. They think of how they can solicit this uh, intrinsic motivation capital uh, in people and in in the collective, uh, uh, in, in the collective, the community that they are actually soliciting for the hackathon. Um,
2: yes, I, I would go. I think in in uh, the, the similar di- direction. Um, one point I feel is, is that is very important is, is diversity. So um, if you build a team or if you host a hackathon to, to really try to encourage people to, to, to come from different walks of life, to, to, to be knowledgeable in very different uh, approaches and, and um, yeah, even life experiences. Um, a second is uh, to take the time to discuss how you cooperate and how you can improve your cooperation very regularly. And maybe the third is, is to... To, to dare to dream like big, and to give from oneself really for for a long-term uh, purpose, I think. Um, the goal of the event should not be to say, okay, we do a presentation after three days and we have a a, a nice line to put on our CV, but rather to say, oh, it's an opportunity to to come together, to discover from each other and and to try to change um, something that matters to us. So not not working on a project that is uh, just for some customers or just for someone else, but also to to say, okay, what's really important to me and how can I um, contribute so that we make a step forward and, and we want to collaborate after the event to continue on that project.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Thomas and Fabio, for this uh, interesting insights and the discussion. Um, the next podcast uh, will be on um, scaling digital health. Um, it will be on a solution um, that was scaled in Burkina Faso by the Terre des Hommes Foundation. Dear listeners, you've been listening to GD Hub Voices, the podcast of the Geneva Hub for Global Digital Health. If you want to learn more about the Hub, please visit our website gdhub.org or our LinkedIn page.